Let, Let it, rip. it rip. Happy Saturday, everybody. Welcome to Scout Team Podcast. This is episode 11. Welcoming JC Hall, our producer, Will Arniotis, Brandon Yoshida, and Tristan Hunter is child rearing right now, so he cannot be available. Special we have a special guest today, um, somebody who we wanted on for a very long time and could finally make it work, Areeb Acker. <laughs> Welcome, Areeb. Welcome, Areeb. How you doing, brother? Good. I appreciate you guys having me. I'm glad that we got this, uh, you know, finally booked. I appreciate you guys having some patience. Yeah, man. Got some uh, interesting stuff we want to talk to you about. You know, we like what you've been doing on the scene the last few years. So uh, we're going to put it out to the public so, you know, you can build your brand up a little bit, you know? Yeah, no problem, man. Before we get going, like Justin mentioned, uh, we want to give a special shout out to our co-host and new father, Tristan Hunter, you know, salute to him. Congratulations to him and his wife welcoming a beautiful baby girl. So he will be on and off with us for the next few months. Tristan, we're going to hold it down in your absence. Areeb, I like to call you the commish. You know, you're, you're very prominent in the GTA flag football community. You do your thing with the, you know, the playoff pick em pool. I don't want to go out and like advertise gambling, you know, I don't want to advertise gambling, but you know, we're grown here. Might as well. Yeah. Who cares? But yeah, you know, you do your thing, you do your thing. So like you're very organized. So we're going to give you a chance to uh, tell the people what you're all about, man. So first of all, uh, the founder, CEO, president, whatever you want to call yourself <laughs> of Uctor Bowl flag football. So tell us a little bit about that, how that got started up, what exactly it is and how much it's grown. Yeah. Um, so first off, shout out to Tristan, because that's the biggest news that anybody's going to hear on today's episode. So congrats to him. But uh, the, the football tournament, the Upper Bowl, it's, uh, we started in 2015 after I graduated from York. And it was an idea that kind of was just rolling around in my head. Because once you graduate from school and you no longer have organized sports, it's, uh, it gets a little bit lonely unless you join a league or you, you, you run a league, something like that there was nothing really nearby where I lived. So I was like, okay, we got to figure something out. Uh, and I, my partner kind of pushed me to go about thinking about why don't you create one? If there's nothing available, you know, you have enough friends that would probably be successful or at least be fun enough to make it worth your time. So that was kind of like the first ideas that rolled around and, you know, she's listening. So Vanessa, shout out to you because I appreciate you. So your right hand for real man she's she's been there every, every step of the way every step of the way yeah it's not possible without her she does all the cool stuff like the pictures the marketing and things like that so so yeah man i remember i wasn't part of the very first one because i believe the first one was indoors yep but the first time you brought it outdoors and to, well, i think the first time you had it outdoors was probably 2016 yeah and yeah to see what we had the last one you had was in 2019 before the pandemic started. So to see what has grown in those three years, to see firsthand, man, like I got to give my kudos to you. Like that was the amount that has grown and you have people coming from all over the province, literally for this one day tournament. Shout out to you, man. That is, that is some exceptional growth on something that's only been around for three years. So, um, appreciate that. Yeah, man. The first tournament, which was indoors, had 43 people or th sorry, 43 players join. And then 2019, which was the last year, unfortunately, that we were able to run it, 
we had 174. Wow. So it was like, you know, four times as large. But the thing that I'm most proud of on that is that we had a women's division. Yeah. So that was that was cool. That was something that when when we first started this, I didn't even know, you know, as as ignorant as I was, I didn't know how large the female flag football community was in the province, and it's huge. It's yeah. it's huge. So that's kind of what I'm most proud of is like learning that and having something that women feel comfortable to come out and play. Yeah, man. It was it was a large showing, and I was I was very proud to see that. To be honest, Justin, go ahead. So can you talk to us more about the process of setting up a tournament? Because I know the first one, I feel like it's not as hard to set up an indoor because you already have the facility. You just have to get the rental and kind of set it up. But outdoor is a little bit more difficult. Can you talk to us more about the process of setting up the first one and how that helped you deal with some of the difficulties of um, dealing with the city of Vaughan for the subsequent tournaments? Yeah, so you're right. Um, if you're hosting something indoors in a facility, whether that's football or basketball or you know even indoor soccer, it, it's a lot easier because really all, the, all that you're paying for is the facility and the, the insurance that comes with the facility, which most, most facilities give you built into the price. Our first year was simple, right? We, we just thought about the basics um, where we wanted to organize it and keep it running on schedule. We wanted to get it out to as many people as possible. And then we wanted a simple prize. So what we did was medals for the winning team. And then year two, when we wanted to shift outdoors, it took a lot more um, planning because you had to check weather in long range forecasts. You got to get city permits. So reaching out to the city and figuring out which fields are available. Uh, not every field is actually available for rental on weekends. And then they, the city is very, very particular with anytime they hear football, um, regardless of whether you say touch football or flag football, that the connotation of football is, you know, big guys, pads, and big hits. So I had to meet with them a couple times before we got a permit um, as to, hey, this is kind of what we're, what we're hoping to do and show them clips as to what flag football is rather than, you know, actually <laughs> thinking about CFL yeah. or NFL. So someone getting late. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully none of that happens. So. Um, that's, that was kind of the first step. And then from there, it's, it's a matter of, you know, you start going through a checklist. So what is the prize? Um, who are you trying to attract? Because there's different types of players, right? You have the very competitive, very athletic folks. You've got the people in between who are kind of like weekend warriors. And then you've got the people who just want to show up for a good time with their friends. And you got to have to pick, are you going to cater to all three of them? And if you are, how do you make sure that the people who are just here for a good time don't always get consistently matched up against the guys who are trying to go to the league. That's kind of the, the scheduling aspect of it. And then the last thing, which I got a lot of help from with my friends was just a lot of ideas as to, Hey, what would you want to see? You know, what's important to you if you're going to commit a, a full weekend of your time? Cause that's, that's truly what it is. It's, people don't care so much about the money. They care about, Hey, am I really going to spend six or seven hours coming here? And if I am, what do I get back in my time? Do I get, photos do I get memories do I get music do I get food you know things like that so those are the things that I kind of never really thought of because I was thinking like I'm going to come up I'm going to play football and that's enough for me but that's not always enough for everybody else so that was stuff that I had to learn um, and thankfully I learned before the, the first outdoor tournament cool cool uh what would you say uh 
your favorite thing about running the tournament is or why we, why do you keep running it every year? Like what's the main reason? Yeah. Great question. Um, what would be my favorite thing? I think my favorite thing honestly is so my team and like the folks that helped me out afterwards, my favorite, favorite thing is after the tournament's done, we always go out to eat together. So it's a full team of, you know, I think in 2019, we had like 12 people that came and helped me out with some of my best friends, their partners, uh, my cousins came out and we would, you know, they would just help me organize the tournament. If I needed pylon set up over here or little things like that, they were just um, willing to help me for that, for that day. And then we go out and we eat together and we just talk about, Hey, what worked, what didn't work. And it was a nice family feel. Um, that's my favorite thing about it is kind of like the post tournament meal, because it's nice to just all the time and effort that you put in before. And then it's a debrief with kind of the, the people who have seen you put in the sweat and tears. Um, not that there's tears. I don't know why I said that. That's overly <laughs> dramatic, but, uh, <laughs> but then what, what keeps me doing it is I think, I think the tournament's unique in the sense where it's like a, it's a big football community. And this is in general in the province, right? You, there's, there's leagues available. There's different tournaments available. There's East End, there's West End, there's, you know, down closer to the, the border of Ontario and the States. There's a lot of different leagues coming on. I think the beauty of our tournament is that people come and they're, they're willing to make the travel because it's a one day tournament. So it's not a huge, huge time commitment. And then you see those folks really getting to know each other. So you'll see, groups that like I know because I'll play in this one league and I'll know this one guy and then I'll see another one because I went to York with him and like they'll come together and they'll start you know mixing up and then the next time I come to a different league or a different tournament now the two players that didn't know each other prior to my tournament now they're on the same team so it's mm -hmm. it's pretty cool to see kind of like a family on both sides come together and just grow the game because ultimately you know that's that's one of the goals here so that's, that's probably my favorite thing about actually why I do it. Awesome. Yeah, like I remember at the last tournament, man, you had guys come in from like London, guys coming from Chatham. And I'm like, I didn't even yeah. know these places existed before you <laughs> showed me about those tournaments. And then these guys coming up to your tournament. So like I can I can definitely attest to the whole like family and like growing football community thing. Honestly, a lot of people can say that they've been exposed to different aspects of GTA or even Ontario flag football because of your tournament man so you know yeah. as a friend like I'm, I'm i'm proud to say like like i'm happy to see how much it's grown i really am to be honest i appreciate that and it goes both ways too right like yeah like you guys were with me when we played in chatham too yeah. so when we when we went out there it's the same thing right like we bring the game down there and they they reciprocate and vice versa so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what it is really don't understand how big the, the the flag football community or just the football community in Ontario in general until you actually play in it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you have a lot of guys who are just like regulars. Doesn't matter what league you're playing in, they're they're always there. So it's nice because like the same familiar faces are, you know, gonna show up in a lot of leagues. And it's cool because through the, the tournament and not uh you'll you'll get to notice people. I don't really know them, know them, but I'll be like, oh you played on so and so's team. Like, what's up man? How you doing? Yeah. And you see them in another league and you just kind of, you know, build up a friendship and a connection that way. So yeah, cool. for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's do some uh, name dropping here. All right. So, <laughs> uh, so wait, so cool. obviously Arib's been in every tournament. I think Justin and JC have been at almost everyone too, right? Justin's been in everyone, right? I think. Justin's sure, been in yeah. everyone. I've been in everyone except the first one. Yeah. I think, I think I've been yeah. in one. Every time you guys, every time you hold a tournament, I'm literally in like Florida or something on vacation. 
and Anoka always <laughs> asks me to play, and I'm always wherever I am. Anyways, who is the uh, best player that you guys have played against in this tournament? Pinto, man. Yeah, I'll let the others answer that one. <laughs> that guy's a beast, bro. I can't. Nathaniel Pinto, bro. That like dropped his full government. Pinto social on the podcast. Um, definitely Pinto and um, who is that? These black guys, or slightly older guy. Oh, um, um I keep forgetting his name. I feel this. Cleon. 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 Yeah, there there you go. Go. Holy, yeah. holy shit, yo! This yo, guy. that guy was eating J Will's food. Bro, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, yo? Nah, man, that one yeah. tournament we were up like twenty-eight nothing at half, and they came back and beat us in the finals. Yo. That guy went bonkers. Okay, yo, tell the full story. <laughs> That was the craziest till this day, man. That was probably 20. I think that was 2017. That was a crazy moment. You guys were doing me like these guys were trying to do Kwame Brown right now. Nah, man. I was on the team too, yo. I caught it too, bro. You gotta hug hug the L sometimes. We we caught it, but in that particular game, Ari robbed us. Let's talk about that. That was a safety game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That that was bad still. Like, no, he got us. Like, um, there are times where yo, there are times where we got him as well, but yo, yeah. he actually went off in that game. Yeah, he, he went like, off. There was in that nothing game. we could do, man. Yeah. On top no, of the, was, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to name drop too much, but like he I'm, gave it to Ryan Brown too. <laughs> <laughs> man, <laughs> if, our we're look up for if our quarterback that year was a little bit more mobile, we would have got our Let him know, man. Let him know. Guy. I have another question in terms of name dropping. In your yep. opinion, Arib. Well, actually, you didn't even answer the question yet. Who, who's the best player? I thought I ducked it, man. I thought I ducked it. <laughs> yeah, Pinto, Cleon, they're definitely there. I would say I always look at, like, quarterbacks because I think it, in flight football, it's so much more important, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jeremy, Andrew Heaney, those are, those are guys who I think, like, you know, Heaney, for example, played QB at the last tournament. He played receiver. He played corner and safety. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's and he played he played all that with no gloves on yeah so like he's he's busting ass with no equipment on so i, I put him up there just because of the versatility and how how flexible he is and then jeremy was like he's he was throwing bullets like he's just got a cannon for an arm so i, I gotta give props to those guys i'm i'm gonna put in uh another name and see what you guys think uh, more so on the personal side, but I think one of the more versatile guys in the league is my boy Lamar. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely that guy. Like especially on the defensive side of the ball, man. Yeah, that guy could play anywhere. He's a yeah. super athlete, super, like freakish athlete, man. Yeah, man. He Shout makes the Lamar entire boy. team better. And I yeah. like that's that's as a I played against him, played with him, and like just the team. Just, there's just so much ground that he covers so quickly. Like even if you're out of like you know, one step off, he, he's there to get your back. So yeah, he has your back all the time. Yeah. He, no, just, that's, that's a good a guy. Smart guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good guy to have on your team. Man. So who do you think is uh, the biggest name that you've had in your tournament? Cause I think we've had a couple CFL guys. Yeah, no doubt. That's, that's my guy, KJ, um, mm-hmm. Kevin Bradfield. He uh, played for the Argos. He was my high school quarterback. Mm-hmm. That, that guy, I had been trying to get him, it's kind of like Brendan, like just timing never worked out. 
he'd be out of province or he'd be pre-booked with something else or something like that. He finally came out and then his team went undefeated, gave up zero touchdowns the entire <laughs> tournament. So yeah, he, <laughs> that, Kevin, that I think Kevin for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And shout out to uh, another guy who I played with last tournament, uh, Luther. He just got drafted to Calgary. So uh, Huge. Yeah, yeah. congrats Huge. to him. Nice. Yeah. So he was, he was only in one tournament, but he was, he was a, another, another freakish athlete. And I wish he could have got to play more. Who knows what the skit? Well, I know CFL seasons are in the summer, so I don't know what that's going to look like this year, but you know, congrats to him on being drafted. That's big time. Yeah. talking about some of the exceptional athletes you've had you know professional former varsity and then just weekend warriors with that range of talent and commitment to the sport you manage to keep the tournament pretty competitive every year you know it's it's never like a clear bushwhacking by any team so how do you manage to achieve that level of parity is it just good luck with the the team formation or is there a little bit of managerial work involved yeah definitely managerial um so the way I like to look at it is like, I'll look at teams uh, once they fill out their rosters. So they'll fill out their rosters, they'll fill out the waiver form um, and the registration documents. And then I'll get a general feel based off of who I know on the, on the team as to kind of like what the general skill set of that team looks like. And then I will cross rank them with other teams. Mm-hmm. So I'll have like the top two teams that I think are, and they'll be in pool A and pool B so that they don't meet, meet each other right away. Then I'll have like the next year, the next year, the next year. And then it goes like there, uh, it goes that way. So that everyone's going to face everyone once, mm-hmm. but they only got to face each other once. And uh, generally, you know, most captains will reach out to me and be like, Hey, can you give me a little bit of info on the first team that we're playing? You know, mm-hmm. what do they do? Who are they? Or how good are they? So I'd like to be transparent with it and be like, listen, this might be a tough matchup for you or, Hey, you know, this should be a cakewalk. Um, and I think people appreciate that because, they can tell their guys like, Hey, you know, if, if they're going to be heavy underdogs, maybe it's makes sense to not spend all your energy and really, you know, go full speed on it and save yourself for other matchups that are a little bit more favorable for you. So that's a good question, but that, that definitely is something that's de- uh, taking into consideration for scheduling. Cause last thing you want to do is you want to set up like a, you know, somebody who's coming out to have fun and just get a you know, jerseys mm-hmm. with their names on it and then go against the Pintos and the Kevin Bradfields and Jeremy's <laughs> of the world. It's, it's, not, a, it's not fun for either team, to be honest. So. Mm-hmm. What did you tell teams about us? <laughs> Come on, dog. <laughs> you know, like, the second that I did the tiering thing, I knew somebody's going to be like, all right, so where you tier us? So, <laughs> no, I tell you guys, I tell you the same thing, man. Like, you guys are always in the top one, two of the pool, and it's always the same. It's like, listen – don't go after JC, go after J. Will. He's always going to leave your guy open and just throw the ball <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. the name drop. Goes, bro. <laughs> he just paints a new narrative, dude. I love this guy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so the last year that you ran the tournament, that was the first year you had a women's division, correct? Yeah. So what yep. was kind of the... Uh, the the decision or the the factor that made you make the decision to include a female division yeah um and honestly i i think it was more so 
just lack of awareness on my part. Um, so prior to 2017, 2018, I didn't really realize how many women's teams they are and how serious um, the women's game is. So for example, there's a women's team that traveled to Florida to compete in a Florida tournament. So they, they took a flight to go play flag football in the, in the, in the States. You know, like that's the level of commitment. If I asked JC to go out of province, that would tell me, hell no. But they're going out of country to, you know, get down and go play some games. So I think that's the level of commitment that really showed me like, wow, there's a huge, huge market here. And from what I could see, there was no real one day or, you know, small time commitment um, uh, tournament available for them. So that was like kind of the, the first thing. And then I realized this, there are hundreds of women um, who are actively playing and looking for more ways to play because it's tough to commit to a league, which is what they were kind of had available or T-Fonts, which is like the, the larger, um, more organized one tournament a month type of games. And there's nothing in between, which is kind of like that, like one day, two day tournament. So that was kind of like the, the impetus that kind of made it um, a no brainer for us to be like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta offer something for the women. And thankfully, you know, six teams showed up and gave us a chance and, a lot of growing pains there, but they gave us a chance. So that's, that's all that we can ask for. What are three funny stories that you can tell us about um, things that you've witnessed during the tournaments? Three funny stories. Interesting. <laughs> all right. The first one, because it just top of mind for me. I'm not going to name names, but there was a team that was up 28 nothing in the finals. And <laughs> their quarterback went to the other team after scoring their fourth touchdown to put them up 28 nothing, and said, you guys want mercy? And then it was halftime, and then they proceeded to lose, I think, 35-28 that team. So that was a, that was a funny one because that one always stays in my mind. That one, I thought that was just jokes. The, a second, I don't know if you guys want to comment on that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> Dude, do you see the face? Do you okay. see the face I'm making right now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. While, while we're talking about this game, so, okay, before this game started, I think the other semifinal game, I, I think it was the other semifinal game or one of the other pool games, I was watching it, and a team, a team, um, they got a safety, and then, like, they somehow still, like, didn't get possession of the ball, so I'm sitting there watching this, like, yo, did Areem not book that these guys are not supposed to get the, like, they're not supposed to get it, because... Right. When when you get a safety, like nah, you lost possession. You don't get you yeah, don't get the benefit. Exactly. Of the, you don't get rewarded for bad offense. Mm-hmm. Right? So like these this team just got screwed, man. Fast forward to our finals game, Josh Houston's, <laughs> and it wasn't that much time left in the game. At that point of the game, when in the finals, when we got that safety, had we got the ball back like we were supposed to, there really wouldn't have been enough time for these guys yeah. to come back. Because yeah. because um what what screwed us is Hamza threw a pick at the end, at yeah. at the at the end of the game. It was a like pick that, six that won the game, no? It was either was a pick. It was either it was a, a pick, pick six, six to they, win they scored, or tie. They scored on the possession that they that they got the pick. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm sitting there and yo, I love Arib. So I'm like, you know what? The rules he established are the rules he Arib's a really fair guy. So he said because the other team and the other game got screwed. Yeah, he didn't yeah. wanna correct it yeah for for our game because it's like yo but at the end of the day it's a missed call so 
yo, we really should have got that. that, 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 that. I, 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 I didn't argue it because it's a reeb. Like, I'm not going to argue with a reeb. A reeb puts in a lot of work. I left it. And to be honest, when you're up 20 and nothing and you lose. Yeah, we shouldn't even have been in that situation anyway. We should have never been in that situation. It takes more than one play to lose a game. But when we when we got screwed off that safety, because I saw and we were gassed. We don't have subs. We only have yeah, one or two guys, subs every tournament. Yeah, exactly. So when we got that, when Josh got that safety, because Josh is the greatest rusher of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. He was just oh, a yeah. really fast man. Oh. So when he got that safety, I'm like, this game's over. This mm-hmm. is a championship. Yeah. And at the end of that tournament, it's it um Ryan Brown got overall defensive player of the tournament. And I think I got the award for safety. Or not safety for um like as best corner, whoever corner, tournament. corner yeah, yeah. So yeah. we have two defensive winners back, on back the in team. Your prime, back in your prime. Don't do that to me, man. I can still, you know, put some, put a little WD forty on the knees, and we can make it work. We can make it work a couple more times. But yeah, nah, like that, that one hurt. I actually want that game back. But yo, they played well. Shout out to Cleon and um that team because we beat them the previous tournament. Yeah, you had, you had exactly, two tournaments man. in the same, yep. in the same summer. Same summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, can you exactly. talk to us? Can you talk to us more about that? You were able to pull off two tournaments in one summer and the weather held up can you talk to us more about um your confidence in being able to pull off two tournaments in one summer as well as also segue that can you talk to us more about how you had we had a couple issues with the city of Vaughn at these tournaments can you tell us more about your relationship with the city of Vaughn and how that was like yeah um First off, I gotta I gotta give a story about Josh Eustis because that guy embarrassed my family, man. So the first time I met Josh, uh, York and Camaros, and Spencer Wagner tells me he's like, "All right, Reeve, you got him." And like this is before I knew any of you guys really. And I see this guy in track pants with his with his hands in his pockets, and he's like, "That's the fastest dude on the field." I was like, "Are you dumb? Like, are you dumb? Come on, bro. That guy's not serious. He doesn't have anything on." And uh, I think it was just like a pitch, like maybe like a, a pitch or, or something like that. And I have the angle, man. Josh is coming out this way and like, you know, I'm cutting him off the sideline. And I think I was like four or five strides away when I realized this is not going to end well because I was going full speed and I saw him like half speeding it. And then he, he finally took his other arm out of his pocket <laughs> and like he started running, running. And, like, I had the angle, and he left me four steps behind in, like, less than it took me, like, one step. It was some of the craziest acceleration I ever saw. And I remember it was wet, and I slid to try and pull his flag. And when I, when I put my face up off the mud, I see him just running into the end zone. And I come back to the huddle, and I was like, Spencer, why, why didn't you tell me he was fast? He's like, I tried, bro. You just thought you were faster, and you thought you could listen to him. So that was, uh, that was Josh Eustis. Uh, hate that guy, but also like that guy. So <laughs> it takes turns like a Tron bike, like it's a perfect ninety degree angle. I don't understand. Yeah, no, he's he's something else, man. Um, stretch nothing. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he had his hands in his bro. That was the he was probably chewing gum the whole time. <laughs> oh, definitely. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, the to go back to the question though, the two tournaments in one year. That was uh, I'm not gonna lie. That was a lot of work. Um, which is why it hasn't happened since. <laughs> but um, we normally like to do June to August. It's kind of our ideal month just because the weather tends to hold up and it's a little bit more accurate. May and April are a little bit, you know, still a little bit hazy. 
Um, but we did our first tournament in that year in May and that one went really well. And people were asking like, Hey, you got to run it again. You know, specifically from the Maple Cowboys, the team that you guys beat in the finals that, that first year, and then they beat you guys in the in the finals. I mean, in the same the second tournament of that year, they were like, "We got it. We got to come back, man. We got to come back." And then I thought about it. I was like, "Well, we got like three more months left of summer. Like, if we can figure out a date, we could run it back again." By that time, that was like the third tournament, I think. So we had a general idea of like a template of how to run these things and like what needs to happen and how soon it takes and like how long it takes. So we we ran it back, um, which was easy because we had kind of like a blueprint of how we had to go about it the problem um and jay will you touched on it in the city man the city i don't know what system they they're using or whatnot but pretty consistently have either double booked the field or um, worse they schedule their maintenance their field maintenance at the same day that the field is rented out and what i what i found out afterwards was that there's two separate departments within the city so there's the city of recreation like the city of on recreation and sports department which is like the field rentals the permits and like insurance and all that stuff and then there's the maintenance department and parks and rec so the parks and rec team has their own schedule for going through and like making sure the fields are well kept and like the lines are painted and things like that and then the the sports permits uh, department is the people that i'm communicating with to book the field so that we can get access to it they don't speak to each other I don't know what their interdepartment kind of relationship is, but like, I think we had um, one of the, like the lawn contractors or something like that come in and say, Hey, we've got to cut the field, you know? And, and I've got like the, I've got like the permit showing them like, Hey, <laughs> I booked it. Like we're literally hosting an event here. If you set this back, like you're going to set this back like 20 to 30 minutes at the minimum, close to an hour at the maximum. Um, and it was a Saturday. So the city's obviously closed and there's no one there to communicate with, but, um, we were able to talk to the, the contractor and figure it out because both of us had valid points and both of us had, you know, reason to be on the field at that time. It was just a, a kind of an unnecessary hiccup. Um, so th what happened afterwards was um, after the debrief and you know, thankfully our players were pretty, pretty lenient about it. And they, they understood that like, it's a tournament. It's going to go as, you know, it's never going to go perfect. It's, we're going to try and make it as smooth as possible, but it's never going to go perfect. We talked to the city about it. It's like, Hey, what, you know what's going on like what what can we do to make this better because we're not planning on stopping running these anymore so we we figured out a, a contact on the other side of the fence so the the parks and recs team and now moving forward we send them an email as to hey we're running this event at this field that's from this time to this time if you guys are going to do any sort of maintenance can you please do it the day before or the day after or before or after we get on the field so a little bit of inter city politics there but it's uh you, know, you just don't know what you don't know until you know it. And that's kind of one of the scenarios there. So, yeah. Well, trial and error, right? Yep, definitely. Definitely. So what was the first year that you guys officially got uh, a sponsor for the tournament? I think that would have been the year you guys won, 2017, first mm -hmm. tournament. Um, and it was like a – it was a pseudo-sponsor. So we – one of the things that I like, I mean, we all know, like when you play sporting events, like you almost always get like a t-shirt or like some sort of like memorabilia for it. Right. And that was something that I wanted to replicate too, so that people can wear it around. And then, you know, other people could see that and be like, Hey, where'd you get that shirt? It's free marketing. And it's marketing from athletes who can show that to other athletes. 
so t-shirts was like a big thing for me um and one thing that we really explored but it was just cost prohibitive so what we were thinking about is like how can we supplement the cost and hopefully give the backs of our athletes as sponsorship space for other people and we reached i reached out and my team reached out to a couple different local businesses to see if there was anything that we could look for and we weren't looking for any you know we weren't looking for thousands of thousands of dollars so from a business perspective it wasn't too much i think we were asking for the first time like 500 bucks um and that would get their logo slapped onto the back of every shirt that we made Mm -hmm. and we found a a precast company so shout out to global precast up there in maple they offered us 500 bucks they're they're one of their executives actually his son is a professional flag football player so it was just kind of a, a good, to be honest, we got just good luck uh, with it. We, we sent an email to the right folks and I got a meeting with that person, went in, meeting went pretty well. And they said, hey, yeah, we can commit to this. If you guys can commit to some advertising space and give us some sponsor, um, some sponsorship perks and access to your folks. So that was kind of the first one. And then it grew from there. We got, you know, the Argos, Popeye supplements. A uh, whole bunch of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, uh, Good Life. So a lot, a lot of different other companies that wanted to jump in afterwards. Mm-hmm. The one year you had, the last time you had a tournament, when you had the BioSteel. I know, I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> that That's where I was been, headed. <laughs> that might have been the hottest tournament I've ever been at in terms of temperature. Oh, for sure. No disrespect to BioSteel. Please do not send us no cease and desist. We are a small <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but yo, the, the lady who was at the BioSteel station talking about how the BioSteel was supposed to help us with like our hydration didn't do it. Didn't do a thing. Nope. Nope. I felt yeah. more thirsty after I drank the BioSteel. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Be- before we continue cutting up BioSteel, do you still have a relationship with them? So I met BioSteel through Popeye's supplements. Um, okay. So they put me in contact with them, but I don't have a direct relationship with them, no. Okay. Because yeah. to, to piggyback on what Justin said, man, <laughs> man, that that year that we had BioSteel giving out free, free, free drinks, whatever, that was the year that we've had the mo- or you've had the most people cramping up at your tournament. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and 100%. I was like, I was walking around to people drinking BioSteel. I'm like, yo, you drank the BioSteel? And then, yeah, because, no, I was walking around to people who were cramping. And I was like, you drank the BioSteel? They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, took the first sip. I took the first sip and didn't like how it tasted. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm good. And then after, Houston was just backing that stuff down, man. And then yeah. he ran the 40 or whatever and pulled his hamstring. Ended his yeah. day. Ended his yep. day, man. But, like, it was actually crazy how many people were cramping yeah. up that day. Had our team playing like through. Andrew Wiggins, man. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, too, that was um, – that actually changed the entire tournament format. Really? Um, because that was the longest tournament that we ever ran. Um, we did yeah, you're right. full 40-minute games that year. Mm-hmm. Like, full 40-minute games. Because, in my opinion, what was important to me as a person and a player – was I want to get the most bang for my buck, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to play five-minute games. Like, I think that's crazy. I, I don't want to spend money to play just for a minimal amount of time. I want If I'm going to pay money on spend my time, I want to play a full game so that the best team always comes out on top and there's no, like, oh, we just ran out of time. Um, so that year, 
when we did our debrief, we realized that it was too damn long. 40-minute games are way too long for a tournament because if you play six, like the teams that got to the finals, you played six or seven 40-minute games with two to five. Yeah, Yeah, with two to five subs, it's just not possible. It's just not not right for your body. Um, Mm. So from there afterwards, what we switched into were more games, shorter times per game. So instead of having uh, three 40-minute games, you played five 20-minute games. Gotcha. So um, if we're better or for worse, BioSteel kind of helps us change the format of uh, <laughs> our, our tournament. So. <laughs> I don't BioSteel that. Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Like, yo, we had no subs. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> we had no this, subs, Deuce, man. This was our, like, eighth guy, right? So once he mm-hmm. went out, we had legit had no subs. It was just... Because yeah. it was it was sevens, right? We did seven on seven. We did six seven, yeah. Seven. Yeah, so we just had we our had, seven we guys. We had Hamza playing corner, bro. Bro, yeah, and then there were times a, where Hamza, Hamza said, nah, I don't want to do this shit. And then just because, like, he's our quarterback, he can't yeah. get, like, we can't get our quarterback injured. Yeah. So, right. like, so we only had one additional guy, and it's like, okay, well, if we're going to use a sub, it's going to be Hamza because we cannot get our quarterback injured. 100%. And um, Ryan Brown, that, I think he tore his Achilles. He tore no, his Achilles. Or he, tore, he was already. He was either already in. Oh, was, um, you're right. Injured. No, yeah. yeah. His Achilles. His Achilles was like already like hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, didn't have, we didn't have. We didn't have him. Day. Yeah, we didn't yeah, have yeah. him in the tail end of it. Um. So it was legit no subs. And then yeah. Biosteel was, was like the first time. That was at the um, other field. That was at that new field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was also the first time I met Lamar. And the first memory I had of Lamar, uh, which we have on camera was a crazy pick six where he's high stepping into the oh, end. Oh he's high stepping it, was, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was the most gangster shit I've ever seen. Like <laughs> I was literally game. looking at this field. Yeah. I look this way. I see this huge guy just <laughs> grab it and he started high stepping from halfway, man. It's like yeah. he knew no one's catching him. Mm-hmm. It was sick. He was a yeah, beast. Man. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah that was the first year I brought out Lamar. That was on Little Giants. Yeah. Oh, it was Little Giants, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that was our first game of the tournament. Yeah, that's when you and Hamza came late and you guys made me play quarterback. Oh, yeah. You know? That was yeah, a yeah, good yeah. idea. Bro, Hamza Definitely was doing not. his hair. <laughs> 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 nah, no, on that. Hamza was doing his hair. That's why it was late. Hamza lives five minutes down the street from me. Like, yo, this guy was doing his hair. That's why we we're late. I'm sorry, Hamza. We're killing you, but, yo, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, man. I love you, though, bro. That's my guy. <laughs> okay, uh, to detour a little bit from uh, away from the tournament. Uh, yep. So I mentioned earlier why I call you like you're the commission of everything, man. So talk to me about about uh, what kind of got you into like the playoff pool type of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Was was last year the first year you did the the basketball one with the bubble? Or have you yep. done it before? Yeah, no, last uh, last year was the first one. Um, yeah, that, I think like, last year was actually a lot easier, man, because like I just had more time on my hands. Um, you know, less things to do, unfortunately, meant more time to just do other stuff. Yeah. So um, that was kind of a it just this kind of happened. There was no plan. It's not like I thought of it or anything like that. But I was just thinking, like, man, this, the bubble was such an interesting experience. You know, like 
teams like the Suns, for example, going undefeated in the bubble. Like that was crazy. Yeah. And, and like not knowing there was game winners from Doncic and you know like OG. There's so much crazy stuff happened. It was like man, there was so much parity in the in the NBA at that time. And I was like, this is truly kind of like like you never know who's gonna win. You know, it wasn't like 2016, 2017, 2018, where it was Golden State or it was the Cavs. And that's kind of just, you know, it was LeBron or it was Steph. And that's kind of where it was at. Um, so it kind of came up from an experience of like, hey, man, like, I actually don't know who's going to win this. So it might make sense to throw some money into it and just see kind of what shakes out. And we came up with like a format and it was me and two other guys, PK and Raghu, who, who kind of came up with that. And then we just sent out a couple messages to our separate groups and one message led to another message led to another message and it just kind of you know ended up in like i think 45 or something people ended up joining the pool which was pretty cool because i think we sent the message out like two days before or something like that yeah so very interesting format too i like it i'm not just saying i like it just because i won i was gonna i was waiting for you to plug yourself (laughs) yeah i I like the football one football one's cool yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually won the football one, right? Yeah, <laughs> man, you guys are making it seem like there's some uh, insider trading out here or something. Like I'm giving you guys. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's good stuff though. The football one, I I think that's awesome. Like, yeah, NFL playoffs are always wild. Like always, always wild. So that one, I just genuinely had a great time doing. Just crazy stuff, and we've got some tweaks to make it a little bit more competitive, so that if you get you know, if you're if you mess up in the first early rounds or something like that, you can still catch up at the back half. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're gonna be doing this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very, very innovative. Very innovative. I won't lie. You know? That was fun. That football one was fun. I think I had one incorrect pick, you know. The whole thing. Yeah. It was just the first round was the Rams and the Seahawks. I picked the Seahawks. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that was yeah, they screwed me on that one for sure. I, I definitely because I think Goff was injured or something like that and I was like, Oh, there's no way. There's yeah, no way yeah, they're yeah. gonna win. Yeah, and then Russell just ended up shooting the bed for me. So I noticed throughout the entire time I've known you and watching you build these tournaments and um, come up with ideas for making these gambling pools kind of more accessible. Because a lot of times when you do these gambling pools, if you screw up one pick, you're kind of done. And unless you're really good at building relationships with people, so I know you have a Schulich background. What about your Schulich education? Did you take from that experience in order to help you with building relationships with football, building these tournaments, building these pools? Because these gambling pools, a lot of people have other alternatives, but they still keep coming back to your pools that you create. Can you kind of go into more about your experience at Schulich, experience at York, and how that has helped you post-graduation? Yeah, yeah. I think the first thing, man, is like, like education aside, I think the first thing is trust, right? Like it's super, when anytime it comes to money or something valuable, it's super important that you know and you trust the person who's kind of heading it up. So that if anything ever goes wrong or if there's a discrepancy, you know that that person will take into account both sides of whatever the dispute is and like favor or rule in a favorable or just at least a just manner. So that, that's like a huge thing. Because like I wouldn't put my money with somebody that I didn't know or I didn't trust or somebody didn't vouch for. So like that that's like the, the big thing. And then from an educational standpoint, and like it, it's helped me a lot with the tournament is understanding kind of what's important to the different stakeholders that you have, right? So for example, I've got I mean, we talked about it earlier. We've got 
competitive athletes. You know, we've got a lot of varsity CFL guys, a lot of women who are just very competitive, high, high players in their own space. We've got the weekend warriors. We've got the intramural athletes, things like that. And then we have the other folks too. So we've got the people who just want to take, come out and take photos and different things like that. So what value can you drive for each one of those stakeholder groups? You know, like the competitive athletes, they're going to care about getting good competitive games in, you know, trying out new things, trying out new routes, competing against players who are better, if not just as good as that they are. The weekend warrior, they're going to want to do a bit of both, right? They're going to want to play against teams that are better than them so that they can level up. But then they're also going to want to play against teams that are a little bit below them so that they can, you know, do some highlight reel type stuff. And then the, the guys who are there for fun, they just want stuff that they can show off with their friends and have a good time. So that's where the music, the atmosphere, and like the jerseys and things like that, they, they come into the play. So I think the, the big thing that Sheila taught me is that every organization, every company has multiple stakeholders that they need to keep satisfied or at least address. And that's kind of the philosophy that we adopted at the tournament it was as to, hey, we need to build something that's uh, valuable for everybody who wants to attend this. And then from uh, kind of what York taught me, York is Shulik, Shulik is York. I hate when people like delineate between the two, but I think the biggest thing is you've got to understand like so many of your players and so many of the people who are coming out, they just want to know like time-wise, is it going to be valuable for my time? You're, you're giving up a Saturday in prime summer season in Toronto. You know, like there's a lot of different events that you can go to. If you're going to come here, like you want to know that it's worth your time and it's well-organized. So that's kind of the, the things that I was thinking about um, when we go, when we plan things, we want to make sure that, Hey, it addresses all the needs for stakeholders. It's got value for people. And then it's an, it's an environment and an atmosphere where even people who aren't playing necessarily will still want to come out and just, you know, hang out for a little bit, you know? So that's, that's kind of a big thing for us. All right. We're going to get you back for part two so we can talk some sports, but before uh, we let you go for this segment, uh, we're just going to get you to like plug your socials and stuff, anything you want our listeners to know, uh, any platform for them to follow you on and anything else you want to shout out, just go ahead and do your thing. And also what's next for at Kerbal? The pandemic kind of screwed up a lot the last two summers. Um, yeah. assuming everything is good to go for summer 2022, do you have any ideas that you want the public to know, or do you want to keep that a secret? No, yeah, we'll, we'll put it out there for sure. Um, I think what we're planning for 2022 or whenever we can run the next tournament is uh, we're going to develop out the women's division a lot more. Um, that's a big area of focus for us. We want to really promote the fact that I think we're one of the few, if not only, tournament that gives out jerseys like custom jerseys so that's a huge thing for us um, we have a, a deal in place with a manufacturer uh, in california that that kind of gives us custom access to jerseys so like you design your own jerseys i think the beauty there is you know if you're playing with the same people over and over and over and you have a set of jerseys you can use that for our event you can use it for another event you can use it for the gym you can use it for whatever you want right it's a nice squad picture um, to take so that's a, that's a big thing that we're working on and, and making that process a little bit easier for people to order. Um, and then the last thing is we just want to make it bigger. We just really want to make it bigger. So we're in talks sure. with uh, leagues in Quebec and in Manitoba. The Quebec space is huge, like huge, huge, huge. A lot of crazy talented uh, women's teams out there as well as men's teams. Um, and they play on like the Lavelle field and stuff. So like they have access to some high quality turf 
and we're hoping to you know get some interprovince kind of relationships going. So that's yeah, kind of twenty two. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, I don't know if guys from Vancouver are ready to fly over here yet, but <laughs> hopefully, you know that's that's kind of our long term roadmap. Yeah. And then socials, we're big on Instagram uh, and our website. So Actor Bowl Football, A K H T E R B O W L Football, is kind of where we're where we're at. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, man, no problem, awesome. man. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Once more, we'd like to give a huge thank you to our good friend Areeb for taking the time to speak to us about his accomplishments and ambitions. His information will be available on our Instagram post, so feel free to check it out, give him a follow, and if you're looking to play some flag football, slide on into those DMs. That's all from us today, but keep your eyes and ears peeled as we look to release part two of this episode soon. From all of us here at the Scout Team, this is producer Will, thanking you for listening, and wishing you another excellent week. <laughs>